Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Transmitting live from Planet Margate, this is episode 6 of Buddies Buddies, featuring Ollie Briggs from Arts Education Exchange. What is up, buddies? I hope all is well with you, and the week has been serving you appropriately and treating you well so far. It's a goddamn gorgeous day in Margate, um, with the promise of a bit of a rubbish day ahead, judging by the clouds in the distance, but it's all good, we take the rough with the smooth. Right now I'm uh, accompanied on my right-hand side by an approaching tide which threatens to engulf me and the seagulls ahead of me. Of course they can fly off, all I can do is scamper away with wet shoes, but I'm used to it now. Um, you think I'd know better at this point, but no, apparently not. So yeah, all is well. Um, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I had a blast recording it a um, little while back now, but... It was really nice to go back over it, as with all of these, it's just it's so nice to sort of comb back over the episodes from the past, even if it's from like the week before. It's great because you know a lot happens after it, and you you sort of forget what you talked about, and you come back, and it's like a little treasure trove of goodness and surprises. So yeah, it was a really nice one uh, with Joe Miller from Celeste Sounds, um, covering all kinds of stuff that I'm a. I'm a proper geek for, and so is she, and it's lovely to geek out with somebody over that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like sound and um, how sound works with the body and ways we can use it effectively. And, you know, stuff like trauma and the way the body stores and remembers trauma and and uh, and how we can work to reduce it and disperse it, perhaps. Yeah, and tons of other stuff, of course. The uh, origin story, as always, which is a real treat. And all things basically past, present and future, which is what I hope to get out of these chats. So, yeah, big thanks to Jo. hope you followed her. hope you are already following her. And, um, yeah, uh, hit up one of her sound baths because they're, they're pretty frequent. So if you're around the Kent area... Uh, that's all good. If you're not, then do consider making the journey because it's something that will um, be a welcome addition to your lives, I would say. So, 
this week, here we got, well, you've already heard it because I've already told you. And I'm sure you've already seen it on the episode description, but I will tell you anyway. Uh, it's Ollie Briggs from the Arts Education Exchange. So, what is Arts Education Exchange? Well, at risk of uh, making another extremely long intro, which I'm week by week, I'm trying to chisel it down and get more effective with the the time leading up to the chat because that is obviously what you want to get to. Uh, of course, I do too. I want you to. I want you to get into this one as soon as possible. So I will leave it up to Ollie to explain what it is, what the organisation is and um, how it started, uh, how the funding works, what the referral system is, how they work with the young people they work with, which is what they're all about. It's all about like providing opportunities, inspiration and you know, generally a positive, collaborative, equal, equal footing-based led approach to you know education and um and also like what the exchange part of the name means as well because that's a very big part of it it's uh as you'll hear in the chat i mean it's um it basically it's uh it's a way of getting young people and the people providing the education part on the same page and in the same place like there's there's no you know like there, there's no sort of i'm your teacher boss person i'm above you it's it's not really like that it doesn't really work that way um, the uh, Arts Education Exchange are very keen to sort of go not against traditional education models, but work in a different way, which is very much more aligned to just getting the young people in a position where they sort of have a bit of ownership and agency over their path, where previously they might not have. Um, and, and you'll hear about all the ways in which this takes place. Like it's working collaboratively with each other. Um, independently and just you know giving space and, a, and a, a positive environment for their own creations and whatever whatever crazy art, artistic ideas they got I mean it's 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 perfect I really wish this kind of thing was around when I was studying I would have I would have loved it I mean you know not to dismiss my education at all I mean it it, it led to something and I'm eternally grateful for it but I feel like these days there there are some really cool forward-thinking evolved approaches to education and it doesn't necessarily have to be one thing you know like what what we're used to it can be it can be all these different things and more and it can be it can be led by the the young people too like we can you know we can listen to what they want to do and work with that i i just think it's such a it's such a good organization and i'm, I'm all for it and i was so glad to speak to ollie because um yeah i just i, I wanted to I've known him for a bit now, and like I just I wanted to sort of get used to what they're about and what, and what they do there, and present it to you. So, you know, maybe like it might not necessarily be a place that you will, you know, you may not come into contact with it, but it's good that you know what they do, and it's cool that you might, you know, hear hear from somebody who's like firsthand involved in it and directly sort of working with people to lead it and and uh, yeah you know also they're they're not they're not afraid of uh accepting donations either so by all means throw a little something their way if uh if uh if this if this conversation inspires you to do so they yeah you know, i mean you know they they certainly need funding and all, all of that good stuff so that will that will help the quest grow and 
shine into the future and uh, a long future I hope is ahead of them I'll, I'll come back at the end and I'll, I'll sort of give you a little bit more information about how we how I got in contact with Ollie and how I know him and um, and, and the rest of the crew and all, all that good stuff but um, yeah uh, at risk of going on and on before the main feature I will leave it there uh, just quick and there's a point where I think I interrupted Ollie when he was introducing the uh, the other people he works with. Um, te- uh, terribly sorry about that. Bad habit. Uh, rap on the knuckles for me. Sorry about that. Um, so he works with Sarah and Kim. I think I interrupted on the introduction to Kim. Um, uh, so annoying. I, I was editing it. I was like, oh, God damn it, shut up, buddy. I'll, I'll try and edit that so I cut my mic and uh, you haven't got bumbling buddy face here chipping in sorry sorry about that apart from that i think i think it's all right <laughs> um the, i hear the details and i something just do my head in when i'm editing it so apologies otherwise though yeah awesome chat and uh thank you so much to ollie i'll come back at the end with contact information um of course there's contact information on the write-up for the episode which i will add and uh right let's get cracking shall we Without further ado, uh, let's get into this very pleasant chat, which took place in the studio in the basement at Arts Education Exchange in Northdown Road, with Ollie Briggs from Arts Education Exchange. Enjoy. I am joined by Ollie Briggs of the Arts Education Exchange. Hi, Ollie. Hi, buddy. How's it going? Pretty good, thanks. Super. What is the, what's the day offered you so far? What's been going on? Uh, today, first day back after a bit of a break over summer. Uh, um, we've been collecting ourselves, holidays. really, yeah. because it's been, well, it has been a mad year, kind of setting up, setting up the space, setting up a lot of the kind of back end of the organisation and stuff. So it's been... Yeah full on so today well summer's been about decompressing and then today yeah. was about kind of thinking about the future well i guess you have to decompress as a person in general but also as as an owner of this place like you have to sort of decompress from regular life stuff in order to be a more effective person at the place where you are working and directing yeah. so there's a lot of decompression to go on yeah and not often the chances to do it i think anyone who's sort of started a business or an organization will uh will understand that it's all consuming everything you know it, yeah, yeah. it feels like every moment is a potential moment for you to do something more to make it work more yeah and that, uh, we know that's not healthy but yeah like even if you sort of like right oh, tonight might be an early night for me but oh, but then i could also i could fit in two hours of stuff for tomorrow huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and if you're like me you're not very methodical uh, not the not the best planner in a, in in, in a lot of senses yeah. then yeah if yeah if there's a, a sort of pressing thought then i've just got to do it yeah and, and that's not always the best uh <laughs> use of time but yeah yeah i guess because if you're in a, if you're in the habit of like seeing if you see a thing in the day that you can sort out you'll just jump on it so like when you're yeah. at home you're probably like yeah it's hard to shake out of that mindset of just like jumping on a problem and solving it and yeah yeah could be like you know you're, you're falling asleep and you think oh that i'll do that tomorrow and then you think 
or I could just grab my phone, yeah. <laughs> start a Google Doc, write some bullet points, yeah. and then lie here wired for the next it's three hours. It's a good time hours. to do it, 11.30 in the evening. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> no boundaries. There, there need to be more boundaries. It's definitely one of my goals this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were talking and before we started about social media, which is one thing mm. we need to get on. But uh, mm. what, what's your sort of what's your sleep hygiene situation, as you call it? Is it uh, are you on you on Facebook and Instagram? Um, yeah, before Facebook you fall asleep. Not not really before I go to sleep, to be honest. Especially yeah. recently, been reading a bit more. Reading on the phone, Facebook posts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. extensively. Um, certainly, well, we were talking about that, those kind of moments. You you sort of open up a social media app and and think there's something I'm doing here, and realise there's absolutely nothing I'm doing yeah. here, and <laughs> it's all mundane. And now I feel crap about myself. But yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> that's that, that's me at the moment. So I'm sure yeah, it's uh, it's not uncommon. Yeah, mm. certainly not with me. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a rough ride, but um, so you are based in North Down Road, previously based in Viking Studios, which Viking was Gallery, yeah, Viking Gallery, Cliftonville Avenue, Cliftonville Avenue. We were there six months in the end, yeah, um, wow. which is a yeah, it was a good starting point. We needed a space because our the, the first space we found just well fell through for various reasons, and then we went down all sorts of um, different alternative paths, like the container project. We, we made plans for a sort of shipping container project. Oh, yeah. Um, where, was the, where was the container? So the container was going to be on a bit of farmland that's just on the edge of Cliftonville. Oh, wow. But the planning didn't go through, um, which we were absolutely sure or assured that it was going to go through and then it didn't. So Yeah. Um, that would have been a crazy thing because it's like that's a real mm. sort of means to an end. It's like we have to set up this this thing, but... We, we haven't got anywhere to do it, so let's just find a container and just somehow make it happen. Yeah. That's I, amazing. I was really into it for a while, but I, yeah. I think in hindsight, yeah, kind of electricity, running water, all that stuff that we take for granted that we have here, yeah, um, it would have been a bit of a bit of a ball ache. Palava, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was meant to be. Well, I guess a good place to start would be the basics. So, I mean, I'm sure you've tried out this tale many times before, but not on this recording you haven't. So... If I may, what is Arts Education Exchange? Okay, yeah. Well, Arts Education Exchange is is, a, is now officially a charity. We started as a community interest company, um, but we're now a charity with free trustees. Right. Um, but essentially, I set Arts Education Exchange up to try and create an alternative space, an alternative model of learning for young people who I felt were not really getting what they needed from mainstream education. I was a teacher, school teacher. How long were you a teacher for? Uh, six years in the end. Oh, all right. Fair so old stint. Tra- trained in 2012. And I think just over time I became more progressively sort of dissatisfied with what was actually happening in schools. Was it? Um, were, were they sort of situations that would... Because I imagine you get into teaching with all the best intentions, but I'm, I'm sure, and this is obviously true with so many jobs like imagine you know nursing and you know, mm. the health system is like you you go in there and it's like ah like, and you just met with all these problems that you can't do anything about yeah. is that what you were finding in education yeah i, I think so I mean, and definitely i was one of those people who who came to teaching late but was completely sort of inspired by the idea of um of what education could be i guess Previous to that, I, you know, had my own personal experiences, but suddenly teaching offered this, um, 
a way of bringing together my own sort of experience and, and passion for creativity yeah. with this kind of social impact essentially. And that's how I was taught to be a teacher. It was um, to really think critically about who you're working with and, and what, and what education is really about. Yeah. So I guess quite quickly when I was in schools, it was a battle, you know, and, and, and I really, you know, really enjoyed my first few years of teaching in London, but yeah, over time it, it started to really wear me down a bit because yeah. it was so hard or, or basically you just don't have the energy to keep fighting and keep trying to do things differently. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's a job in itself. Like you, you could have the teaching side of the job, which is the thing you are supposed to be doing. And then you could have like, you could spend days and days trying to overcome the problems and sort of try and instate other ways mm. of doing things but yeah that's like twice the amount of energy you should be yeah expending in a day so yeah then over time you realize that 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 is that time that is that isn't there is is for a reason you know that's mm. that's a political agenda that is um you know that's cuts to funding and you know that all that protected time you're meant to have as a teacher to plan assess and develop as a professional person is just taken away yeah and it's it's really hard to to continue to find that energy to to yeah. bring something new it's super disheartening yeah. as well like it must be real uh, like heartbreaking you get into it all and then it's suddenly it's like it's the goal is sort of slipping away from you because of all the bureaucracy and all the things happening again that are out of your control yeah. so it's a real sucker punch but then obviously there are the crazy amounts of plus points and positives mm. which coupled with your well from what i know of you your positive attitude so like mm. you found a way through that yeah and ultimately so like how how did you how did you make it to the end of that six years like what what propelled you through it I guess it uh, well it's a good question I think I think I was really determined to maybe arrogantly as well determined to sort of find a, a new way of uh, working with young people and yeah, yeah. I think that you know yeah <laughs> It's quite arrogant, but I think I think the the the, the thing that was really motivating me was a, was about in, engaging with young people where I just didn't feel like it was happening authentically. Yeah, um, and maybe ultimately this story is about me finding the right setting to kind of practice as an educator. And for me, it didn't feel comfortable in in schools. So um, I, I found an opportunity when I moved to Margate, and um, I think this would be a common story for people in Margate is. Margate offered an opportunity, a, a bit somehow, a bit of space, whether that was financial, yeah. whether that was connecting with people in a place where, I don't know, space was available, um, like-minded people, whatever it was. But for me, there was this opportunity and that was, I want to work with young people in the area. Uh, I want to do that through the arts. Yeah. Who can I talk to? And that, you know, led me obviously to the, to turn a contemporary um, and conversations with Jen and Molly there, who were really supportive of my initial ideas, supported that, um, and I managed to implement a project through Court Deck Youth Centre. Oh. Um, and it was successful. It was, it was a, a really enjoyable piece of work and enough to make me decide there and then that I wanted to escalate yeah. um, what I was doing yeah. there. That's amazing. And it's cool because you sort of <coughs> found a way of, rewriting your own rule book i guess like you you saw what was wrong with the system in your eyes and then you you're kind of able to like start up a new thing from scratch mm. almost so but like what what did you take on from from your experience teaching like what what was what did you use from that to build on mm. in 
AEE. Yeah, well, I guess something that you can't avoid um, working in schools is building relationships with, with young people. Right, right. Um, in the madness of a school day, you know, you, you, I think it's essential that you build a rapport with young people. You overcome some of those initial sort of fears of 30 young people in a room. Yeah. You know, what's what's, like? what is, what's dividing me from them? You know, this fine line of sort of power and, and trust. And yeah, yeah. so I certainly, you know, you, you cut your teeth as a, as a teacher. I think that's pretty hardcore having to do with, 30 kids coming through your door sometimes six times a day yeah you know but also um, like it's, it's one of those jobs where the only way through it is by doing it like mm. it's I, I, like I listen to a ton of comedian podcasts and the one thing I've learned from that is that you can't rehearse stand-up comedy you have to just do it and suck right. for ages not that you did but like <laughs> you have to be really terrible for 10 years and then you find your voice and it's like if you can make it through that then you're in you're in the club but <laughs> I imagine like I mean, again, yeah, there's, there's only a couple of parallels there with teaching, I imagine. Mm. But, like, you you can't rehearse in front of a bunch of actors. You, mm. you just have to get good by experience. Yeah. I it's, think there's a lot of comparisons between uh, comedians and teachers. I think that... Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think there's teachers me. who are teachers who are comedians now. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't pinpoint them, but... But there's certainly the performative element to, to teaching. They're, I think yeah, they're... Yeah. Yeah, I think that people do talk about the, the performative side of it. And in a sense, you have to kind of get in a, a kind of headspace to to be able to kind of be attentive to, to that many people at the same time. Um, Actually, that's interesting. That's one thing, because I've never really spoken to a teacher about it, but like, how do you... Like, how do you see a class? Like, do you see it as just a mass of kids or do you see it as... Do you see them as... I mean, it sounds obvious to ask, but... I've, I've been only actually. I've only just kind of thought of it, but like, do you see it as like a bunch of individuals, or do you see it as a group of people you're trying mm. to get up to the same level at the same time? So I'd imagine, to, you know, we're sitting in a lush music studio, so I'm imagining it as like a massive EQ desk where it's like <laughs> you've got thirty different uh, frequencies and you're trying to EQ them to get them level. So mm. is that a fair analogy? Or? Well, I think I think we've got a, <laughs> just trying a clear to crowbar into music <laughs> between. Um, I think that's an interesting analogy. I think um, the trying to get everyone to the same level is a good way of describing what the education system represents. I think it's not where I would stand. But granted, it's really hard to. How do you sort of work with? How do you work with thirty individuals and try and meet their individual needs and interests? And I found it impossible. So oh, I think yeah. it's a really difficult thing to achieve. I think I think some teachers are really probably really successful at it, but the the system has been created um, with standards with which teachers are, are meant to get all students to, or, or, or actually it's sort of changed a bit now. Progress eight and stuff. It's kind of it's about making progress rather than hitting a. Anyway, that was my oh, okay. understanding of it. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I think that's part of the challenge that kind of really, you know, because ultimately in a system like that, the young people who are um, not going to benefit from a system like that. A young people who face some form of challenge, whether that's an educational need or whether it's something going on at home. How do you have the mm. conversation with student Jimmy, for you know, hypothetically? How do you have the conversation or recognise that there's something not right with Jimmy, with his life mm. or something? It's really difficult to notice all these things when there's so many pressures on you as an individual. So yeah, yeah. 
But also there's like, yeah, you know, it's Jimmy's having problems, but then you can't focus all your attention on Jimmy necessarily. So like when in, in that situation, like it, it's not really designed for you to focus on, it's almost like you, you have to leave all the troubles at the door and then you just become that pupil as you mm. walk in the classroom because it's like, the, the person teaching me they don't necessarily like they probably care so much but like they can't focus on me the the pupil they mm. can't give me all the time i probably do need but yeah. yeah i don't know the way around that well i think you're right and i think that what we're obsessed with certainly in, in education is um is measuring change um to the point that we forget about what we're actually what education is about so mm. you know it's it, it we measure the sort of retention of knowledge. How do you know, do you remember these facts, do, you know, mm. whereas that's definitely what it was for me at school. Yeah. It's like, it's same. all about you get told things by a teacher who, you know, again, some of them are, as you were saying, some of them performers, some of them are the exact reverse of a performer. They're very inward, shy, retiring, older, older men, basically a lot mm. of them are men. And then, the drum it into you then like the the revising part is you just going over these facts and then you're tested on the facts that you remember and on the, things you can remember on the spot so yeah. what, what have i just done i've just learned a bunch of facts and figures yeah. i've i've done a computing job effectively yeah 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 and at the end of the day that is that is um people with power imposing an idea or an ideology on people who don't have power so mm. by that i mean the the way that we educate young people is decided upon by a certain generation with a certain amount of privilege um certainly when michael gove came into power there was a lot of criticism because it was he he said he really kind of accelerated the academization of schools and stuff like that and that was really, it was felt that he was imposing an educational model, model that he experienced in the 50s mm. on the generations in 2000. So uh, ignoring 2000. the advancements that have been made and ignoring the yeah. progress that forward thinking teachers might have instilled or like brought about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that we're living in this sort of advanced society, but uh, yeah, it, it seems so amiss to me. We're st- still sort of basing our education on a kind of, post-industrial model where mm. again it's kind of remembering stuff it's maths yeah. it's english Just and by rote sort of yeah thing. yeah we're missing so much you know creativity being one of those things yeah and how like what was your experience with creativity in like what so like when you were teaching what was you what were you, were you teaching anything in particular or were you just kind of like yeah sort of broad I, teaching no art and photography um, oh, so you were yeah. in the creative yeah. field for sure yeah. yeah, so um taught art and design from key stage three up to key stage five, so year seven to year thirteen. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, led on the photography stuff at the second score was at. So always creative. Yeah, it must have been weird having like limitations on, on what's such a limitlessly creatively limitless field. Yeah. Art and creativity is like it really shouldn't have limits, but then you're learning it in a sort of this confined area. Mm. Could you use those boundaries effectively and like, you know, push against them. Cause you find creative ways to sort of weave in and out of the system a bit or. Yeah. I think in terms of the curriculum, like um, it's actually quite broad, the, the curriculum for, for art and design. Mm. Um, so in that sense, yeah, you could be, you could be creative with that, but like we've spoken about, there's loads of other constraints and 
sort of imposed obstacles to that time I think is a big one and just right. thinking about this is when, when I set up arts education exchange it was like what is what are the conditions that I believe are really conducive to creative learning mm. it was small groups it was longer periods of time not not limited by one hour or 50 minutes yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah more like a sort of college or university approach where it's got like mm. oh, I can't remember what they're called now <laughs> Well, like just sort of longer seminars, sessions. And, yeah, seminars, yeah. And, yeah. And I think it is quite idealistic, but I think when when we're talking about young people who, who you know, I believe being let down by the, the mainstream education system, mm. you know, not and not not blaming schools just for the record on this because schools are under immense pressure. But no, no, it could um, be like their own situations mm. and the, the sort of you can fall through cracks of society or home life or mm. yeah it's not necessarily it's a range of yeah, range of yeah. things and and also the obviously the um the impact that the state has on schools whether that's through funding or uh any other agenda yeah so it's quite idealistic to to sort of to set these things up but when young people are facing those challenges I, i'm pretty confident in saying that it would transpire that if a young person is facing those challenges within a classroom setting, they're mm. probably going to express themselves through behavior that doesn't, isn't deemed appropriate. Yeah, so you yeah. talk about behavior, you always talk about behavior in schools about thing, you know, in, in, in negative terms, behavior is a, a symptom of something else though, you know, so it's, it, it, it's motivated by something else. If, you know so yeah 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 it's like a sort of it's something being released in perhaps not not the greatest way or not, not mm. the most effective method but then if you only have certain tools to work with like if you're not taught you know let's say meditation or you're not mm. taught sort of how to channel stress and tension through other means then perhaps all you know how to do and you know i've had this as well we just want to like punch a wall or something yeah <laughs> or like, yeah yeah so yeah, if, if you're not, if you don't have those things freely available, like, all right, I just want to go and smack the shit out of a drum kit for a couple of hours, and you you might end up just like punching a wall or, you know, mm. or hitting somebody else, or you know, who who knows what. Well, I think that's a good uh, example because we're talking about creativity, and we're talking about the benefits of creativity, um, yeah. and if the opportunities to be creative, and I don't just mean through art necessarily, but if those opportunities aren't there or as readily available, then there really is less opportunity for, for young people to kind of, to, like you say, to kind of, to, to find ways of communicating or expressing or yeah. kind of resolving some of those feelings. Yeah. And I, and I guess not to say that these young people are, are all really moody and stressful. I'm not like, I don't want to say that. It's like, that's not the only place where art comes from, but I guess, yeah. And in these situations we're talking about behavior, it's going to involve stress and probably you know, yeah. outside not great forces at work so yeah exactly yeah. and I, i'm reminded because i'm reading um darren mcgarvey's poverty safari at the moment oh, um I, I, I was lucky enough to meet him he he was introduced to me uh, and i hadn't read it or didn't know much about him but he was a really compelling and engaging person so i then went off and, and started reading his book and it's it's a really really insightful read yeah he grew up in in poverty in Glasgow, but and then has written this this book, which which kind of delves into the his own autobiographical sort of experiences, but then on a kind of the kind of bigger implications of what it means to to live in 
uh, in poverty. And yeah. stress is a big part of that. So, and this, this is really interesting. You know, he talked about if you're living in poverty, then you're, you're, you experience high levels of stress, which then has mm. negative implications on your physical and mental health, oh, yeah, addiction. Completely. And yeah, I mean, someone told me when a while ago now, but there's a, there's a real distinct line in Cliftonville that, if you live on one side of it, you're more likely, you're more likely to live 10 years more than on the other side of it. Wow. You know, I haven't heard about that. Where, no, I, I mean, I, is I there a, any sort of, what's the reason then? Do you know? Have they looked into like what? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess that it's, it's obviously about demographic and we know that certain people are housed in certain areas for various reasons. And mm. I guess it's just a, a symptom of that really yeah yeah yeah. so you're you're like the sort of main instigator of AEE yeah you say? yeah yeah up until September really it was me and I, yeah. I'd obviously I'd get um commission like local practitioners to come and run workshops and stuff yeah. like that but we we've grown we've got two other people in our team now yeah, I was going to ask you, like, so who else is on the on the squad? Right, yeah. So uh, we've got Sarah, who is our operations Hi, Sarah. manager. Hi, Sarah. She's oh, she said hello. Incredible. <laughs> She's nice. incredible. She, she turns her hand to anything, really. And Kim. Uh, hi, Kim. Hey, Kim. <laughs> what roles do Sarah and Kim play? So in? Sarah, operations, so office management. Um, but like I said, she could be involved in anything from sort of prepping funding applications to sort of uh, doing evaluation stuff, everything, basically. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be without Sarah, to be honest. And yeah, Kim is like programmed. So up until now, she she's coordinated all the music stuff. So she she kind of uh, communicates with the tutors. She programs sessions. So she kind of books in different sessions with different... Right. Um, musicians and, and and stuff like that, and, and they're not events. She's a pro musician in her own right. Yeah, she, is yeah. she not? She is. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, she won't like me talking about this, but yeah, she is. Yeah, Lanta, uh, and yeah, she's an amazing uh, songwriter p- producer as well. Ah. And that's really important. I think that's and that is something that we've um, got running through the whole uh, music program. All the musicians who are working with young people not only have experience working with young people mm. but they're all doing something professionally in the industry as well yeah um, yeah so first-hand experience in, yeah. in that area is hugely important and that's again going back to schools that's something that, that's quite hard to well for, for starters a, a teacher doing anything other than teaching is uh, you know i applaud anyone who can do mm. anything on top of it it's quite a difficult yeah, thing yeah. To, to balance but also kind of getting other people into schools and doing stuff is, is also a, a tough thing as well. So yeah. certainly something here that's really exciting is I think for young people is to, is to be kind of working with someone who's maybe released a song or is published by universal. Or, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's probably sort of things that a lot of the, the young people have like heard about or like they, they know how they must have like a sort of a, a, an understanding of to some degree of how the industry works but then like mm. to sort of meet people who have been inside that machine or had sort of mm. first-hand experience with it that must give some authenticity to their the people who are sort of guiding them and cheering them yeah i reckon how do the young people get put on to mm. to to this place like how, how do you find your 
students and pupils and yeah. participants? So a range of ways, really. Like uh, originally last year, we worked with schools directly. So we had um, sort of two strands to the work. One was with schools. So we'd we'd um, work with uh, three different schools we were working with, and then they, we'd have kind of groups that were sort of nominated by the school as young people who would benefit from a program and then the, the kids would come to us basically mm. and then we'd, we'd run programs with them and then the other side which is the increasingly um growing part of our programs which is about r- the referral process so i think we've got about nine different sort of um either schools or social services or police colleges who basically uh, become aware of us or you know i've met them or whatever mm. and they will identify a young person for example a young person at say a school who you know is is struggling in mainstream settings and they think would benefit from coming out of school a bit and, and coming to do the program yeah. and they would refer them so we have a process you know we have a form on you know online form and um, so people can do it on your website yeah, well, on on our website, we've got a kind of sign up thing. So you can, yeah. if you're a young person, you can go to our website and you can say, I'm interested in getting involved. Oh, um, so people can almost refer themselves. Yeah. So we, we've all, yeah, we also have, um, yeah, self referrals. So we've had, oh, we have nice. young people coming off the street and knocking on the door saying, uh, we want to get involved. That's happening, happening more often now. That's great. Because, which is great. Yeah. 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 That's really nice because it's sort of, um, I guess a lot of the people joining you, Perhaps if they've had trouble with, I mean, I say people who are older than them, then it gives them a chance to take some agency in their own path. Mm. So like they're saying, no, I want to join you. And mm. it's like they don't have to get permission from anyone. They can just say to you, like, look, I'm really interested in making yeah. music. So yeah. or like photography, can you, yeah. can you give me a hand? Yeah, absolutely. And awesome. I think that, that's a really exciting, one of the most exciting parts of my job really is is kind of, you know, on one hand, receiving a referral about a young person who's having troubles is, is obviously not an enjoyable thing. Mm. But the idea that, that we could work with them and and hopefully, you know, help them understand and maybe overcome some of those barriers, yeah. that's really exciting. I love meeting new young people and offering them something that is pretty unique, um, I think, what yeah, we do here. Yeah. that The young people who come to us work with us um, for a year, we are looking. We are looking to do sort of slightly more open access thing. But um, I was absolutely adamant that we would run long term creative learning interventions with young people, who either referred or refer themselves. But there's and, a real consistency in that as well. So it's like if it's for a year, you can really chart the progress and see. You know, you can see if somebody's really sort of determined to to put their efforts into it, or yeah. sort of like. Maybe it's not working for them, or yeah, yeah. It's a long enough time. I feel like yeah, and I think it was it's a conscious decision to say there's enough out there in terms of kind of light touch and light touch stuff has its place. You know, you, you go and do a workshop and it's cool, it's fun, but it's a conscious decision to say we're going to work with lower numbers over a longer period of time with the hope that you have more impact for those individuals. Because we could go for numbers and, you know. Yeah, you could have a... But that's not... You could have like schools of about. 30, like in, like in a regular school, and mm. like, like classes of 30 where it's mm. like a, a regular school. But then obviously you've seen what that can be like in your own mm. experience. So like you, you were saying, sort of like rewriting the rules, one of your 
original tenets was like you know small groups and mm. I was wondering if, like, if the the young people involved, are you sensing a spirit of collaboration, or is there friendly competition, or actual competition, or like, how do you see the working relationships with them? Is it like a there is each other up? I guess I guess the nature of what what it's been like up until now is that they can end up working in isolation from other groups. Mm. So we might have small groups. We go up to about six, roughly. And within those groups, there might be a bit of competition, but not not really not really evident to me. Yeah. But if we're talking about the music program, for example, there were five different groups. They they didn't see each other until like uh, we did the the launch event, yeah. and then um, and and this is all kind of like quite new to me anyway. And I start and I realise that the events are um, really great ways of bringing them together. And there was a great sense of collaboration and, yeah. and community in in at those events we did the thing at dreamland as well and um so yeah so we we're responding to that and saying there needs to be more opportunities whether it's a, a performer performing event or whatever or if it's just coming together to do workshops together yeah the, the more we kind of the more we, yeah the more we foster that sense of um family not my word a young person used that word that it feels like a family oh, that's um, amazing. the more we foster that sense of support and collaboration as you said yeah, uh, the, the better really, because it needs to feel like it's owned by the, the young people, and mm. you know that's what we're setting out to do. We're saying we are going to support young people, and if if you know that has to include their voices in that, what what they need and what they, yeah, you know, yeah, and and definitely in that in the creative sense, like the the idea that you can bounce ideas around each other and the feedback and mm. the sort of getting that instant feedback from other people is huge and. You know, there have been points where like, I'm, myself, I've been working in isolation and it's a really weird feeling because you, you can get a lot done, but you don't know if it's good or not. And you mm. start to feel like, hey, is it is what I've been doing for the last two days total shit? And yeah. like, should I just scrap this? Or like, if you're working with somebody else, they might say, oh, no, that bit's good. Keep that bit. Or like, oh, we can snip that bit. Mm. So, it, I mean, it's good to have the balance of you can work by yourself and with others. But mm. I think if people are coming in hot off sort of, not not been in the system or you know the conventional education system then it's really nice to sort of be in this welcoming collaborative place where it's mm. like no 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 come like sit sit at the table let's talk about music and let's talk about what we can do like that's that's real that's like yeah no, it gives me a real sort of warm feeling i love yeah. it it's really yeah yeah nice. no it's it's inspiring to you say that actually because it because certainly unfortunately you just kind of fall into this similar traps you know if i'm coming coming from school to a non-formal setting but you, you know, you're, there's always a need to kind of to evaluate, and there's always the funding restriction. You know, mm. you're funded to do 2.5 hours a week with the, and that's that's already restricting. But yeah. I guess why I'm saying this is, this is because those kind of natural opportunities that are just social, you know, or uh, and all those moments, kind of, you know, in the, in the corridor or kitchen or something, yeah. where um you just have a great conversation and you're inspired and you have an idea they're, they're not kind of like planned funded things in inverted mm. commas they're just natural moments so i guess yeah, it's yeah. It, it's interesting to think about kind of creating those situations where yeah where there's the potential for collaboration and definitely you know and it's that that whole um it's like one thing i'm really into at the moment is the whole yes and thing so it's like i think it's a sort of Im- improv whether it's comedy or just sort of like an improv term where it's like mm. instead of saying no full stop 
I mean, let's say, for instance, if, if you're improvising a scene with somebody, the yes and is like, oh, are you waiting for a bus? Yes, I'm waiting for, you know, and then you build it from mm. there. It's like, it's not saying, no, I'm just waiting here. So that if somebody has a suggestion or something to bring to the table, when you're around other people, then you can build on it like exponentially in like 10 minutes. Mm. So somebody could say, how about we start off with a kick? And then somebody says, yeah, yeah, and a kick. And then we'll add some like crazy weird sound over it. Yeah, yeah. And then by you know 10 minutes later, you've got this album sketched out yeah. or something. So yes, yes is the gateway to possibility, basically. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a difference between that and just saying yes to everything. I guess what I'm saying is like openness and mm. positivity rather than yeah. shutting people down. And, and I think, think to, for that to happen you need to feel safe and yeah, yeah, completely, safe yeah. and, and sort of it's safe and, and able to make mistakes as well. Or, yeah, or yeah. you know, and that's a huge part of creativity, right? Oh, Which is a huge God, part yeah. of learning. Yeah. And, and certainly something that we are setting out to do is to, is to create that space where young people feel, feel that that's okay. Because, you know, for, for a lot of them, that'd be big, quite a big step, you know, it must feel weird as well. If you're, if you, if you come from quite a rough, background and like doors you know whether it's physically or, or mentally being closed all around you like to to then be to then have a real positive group of people mm. egging you on and kind of like really encouraging you that must be quite a jarring feeling as well mm. so it's like a yeah i wonder what that feels like i mean yeah, mm. i guess thankfully i haven't had to deal with that but mm. i mean it, yeah it, it can only be good though yeah and it takes it takes time um but certainly you know, and I, I say this for for sort of you know my approach to anyone that you know it's it's just valuing someone, isn't it? It's just saying yeah. that you know I'm listening and um, I value what you have to say. Yeah, and what you what you have to say is is of worth, and mm. it's it could lead to something huge, and then mm. your ideas and thoughts can be mixed into this massive thing, which we don't know what it will be, but mm. you'll then feel like you you've been part of it. Yeah. And, part of the success story yeah and, and certainly after again these events which are a real kind of like highlight of the year really having you know had a had a, a tough year um to have these events and yeah tell me was, tell me about the events well so we had the launch here which was just the kind of showcase a sharing moment with um open to the public about um saying we're, we're launching this youth-led record label um here are five of the uh, young artists that we've been working with and yeah. um, this is what they've been doing you know they all wrote and recorded songs and they performed them and then we were invited to do something at Dreamland as part of their street week um, yeah I saw that on your Instagram it's nuts because like I've I mean I've had the, the fortune of working with um, Valentin and David mm. the young brothers mm. and um, it's it's so crazy because it's like they're, they're kind of really sweet and they're fairly sort of like li little guys I say like you know that like Valentin's this kind of he's not a very intimidating presence I'd no, say but like no. and you see him on stage it's sort of like oh like I, I didn't expect to see him rocking this uh, like walking up and down a stage yeah like, on his own like yeah he did it all like, on his own yeah props to him that was that was <coughs> but I guess without those opportunities how that maybe they didn't know or yeah. no one knows so without having those opportunities how would how would they know that they could get up on stage on a huge stage like that? With, yeah. You know, but yeah, I think there was just a sense that, that we'd followed through on what we are, we said we were going to do with yeah, them. Yeah. You know, at the beginning we said, you know, the idea is that you're going to write, record a song, we're going to release it. It's going to go on iTunes and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, you'll perform it. 
and we did all that you know yeah. well they did all that but you know i mean we we, we it facilitated happened. it yeah. yeah and there was this feeling like oh yeah thanks you know actually we did it <laughs> what yeah. we said to do um which was great you know was that like the sort of would you say that was one of your first main kind of things to you know checks off the checklist re- make an album release it have the live performance like so that's you can tick that off was that like one of the first major yeah sort of i think what the road? this the, why this project stood out for me was because it was because it had um and a lot of credit goes to kim for this but a lot of work was done around um coordinating all the people involved and how we recruited people and how we monitored all the activity and how we listened to young people in that process as well mm-hmm. um, yeah because it could be like in the end you you just pass those jobs off to the older people who yeah. know better or whatever you could just impose you you know it could be like no you're all making you know uh folk rock because yeah. that's what i like or yeah whatever. yeah exactly no so but uh, yeah obviously it's a, it's it's been a collaborative process in that sense, but, but yes, um, there's, we wanted to do more like always, you know, we, we set ourselves, um, some big, uh, targets, but to get that, that far, we, yeah, we're all really proud of that and they're proud yeah. of it, which is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, but and it's how, a good place to, to, to build from, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like what, uh, what was the feedback from, from everyone involved? You know, they've, they've just been on stage and they come off stage. Like, did mm. you get any sort of immediate responses like what was the, oh they're just as cool as anything they? they're just you know it'll play it play it all, all cool but yeah no, there was um i think it was an unusual space for them to be in as well like they're out of their comfort zone which is a part of the point of it as well some of the best um, places to be out yeah of, out of comfort zones yeah, yeah so but they kim was only telling me today that uh one of the guys uh, dropped his burger so so Kim bought them all you know bought them all some food after the performances mm. and he dropped his burger so we're like well don't worry about it we'll throw it away we'll get another one which okay was like cool went to the burger van and the guy said oh I saw you performing you can have this second one for free well done <laughs> mate kind of thing nice and he was just like blown away by it and yeah like, you know I think getting the um, star treatment <laughs> so th- those moments are really yeah really great aren't they like, yeah 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 uh, creating memory no, it's so nice to see it. And it's cool that it's all been documented as well. Yeah, they've got this moment and it's just, it's, you know, there's, they've got proof of it. It's a tangible thing and it's happened and mm. it's all experienced. And so one thing I was thinking of was, like, um, again, like looking on the Instagram, I feel like all the, the young people involved, it's almost like they're becoming their own interns because it's like they're... Oh, yeah. Billy on the mic. Right. What up, Billy? Billy the dog. <laughs> <laughs> confused mm-hmm. alright let us like to sleep <laughs> okay so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point so I'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there and um, I want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen so here is that and we will return to the podcast directly after see you soon a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But yeah, it's like that. It's almost like they're, they're their own interns for their own company because that, that whole learning on the job thing is, you know, again, like you being a teacher, it's like they're very much learning in real in, in the real world. So like they're not just rehearsing and saying, like, this is what would happen if you were to upload now on iTunes. This is what would happen if you were, were to make a track. And if you were going to give a performance at Dreamland, like it would look like this. They're doing the things yeah. and it's all in the real world. People can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Like that, these things are open to the entire world. Mm. And I mean, I guess for me and probably some of my generation, that must, it's probably still a trip, but I guess to them, it's kind of like that. They've grown up around it and like the internet's always been there and you know, they don't, they don't know what a rotary phone is and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. But like getting that instant feedback or just general feedback from the world mm. that, that must be amazing for them too because mm. from being in a stifled education system perhaps if they were in it to this like that's that just sounds like heaven to me yeah it'd be amazing to be in it like it, like when i learned music at school i think gcse is like it i mean you had like a piano you had a, a kick drum i don't know a xylophone or something and there was no talk of computers there was no talk of anything other than these basic mm. things you just hit or whatever and like I, I just wonder how i'd handle it these days if i was a yeah. kid in this environment i guess it's relative though i suppose because you know yeah i suppose because i've you know i've been um i worked in a school where there were like 30 apple Macs, and still there's a kind of a, a stifling sort of environment because if you yeah. know for, for, for in that example if you if you don't if the teacher doesn't know how to use the, the apples or logic or, or whatever, then what's the point in having those resources? So, mm. I mean, obviously there'll be cases where, you know, students would take it on themselves to get involved and it's, there's exceptions to it. But yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it can be relative in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly as we've spoken to, to, uh, about before, you can get overwhelmed with equipment and whatnot. Yeah. Limitations true. can be, can be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But then again, the kick drum and the xylophone maybe, maybe a bit bare. Well, I don't know. And I think about it. Like, if I if I went back to that room now, I'm sure I could find like, millions of possibilities. Like, oh, you could just take the back of the piano. You could pluck the strings. You could like, I don't Dr. know, sample out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whack it through some weird old samples, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we had Mr. Lee at Greycourt School, and we. I, I can't even remember what we learned. It was weird. I, f- I seem to remember just being sent off into rooms and just yeah, sort of like, all right, I, I don't know, 
I mean, because not not all of us could read music, so I don't even mm. remember what we were learning necessarily. Because uh, music education, and I, I'm not sure where it is now, but it was oh, very much geared towards classical music, yeah, and, and, and notation and theory. notation and, and whatnot. Yeah, there's, there's a musical futures. There's a organisation that really uh, created resources and things, and we, we're really trying to push the an alternative way of uh, for for music education. But yeah. So, like, you know, when when you're seeing these processes happen, like these breakthroughs and creative projects happening, like how how do you feel? Like, do you do you feel like you know, it, is this all working how you were hoping? And like, is it is this sort of what you pictured it being? I mean, in a lot of ways, yes. Not something I'd kind of reflected on too much, but certainly, and this is a kind of su- on a superficial level, but certainly when I walk down to where we are now. Mm into a recording studio well equipped well built recording studio which you know uh, around 30 young people accessed last year that's pretty cool and and, because i I do think the premises yeah they're they're a big part of where i wanted to be i wanted to create i wanted to create a space because i think the space presents potential definitely and that's 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 what this place is about it's about potential there's lots of you know there's lots of moments I guess where I felt worn down by the, mm. the process, but it never faltered in the in my sort of intention. Yeah, but it's hard, and you don't know what you don't know what it's like to set up a charity. You can ask people, but I think you have to have a bit of that blind faith yeah, that yeah. what Optimism. you're doing is right. Yeah. otherwise you'd never do it. I think if if someone really sat me down and went. This is everything you're going to have to do, from policies to procedures to to you know to all these things. Yeah. I, I, if that's what I thought it was, I, I don't know how I would have felt. Yeah. The, the thing that drives it is always about young people, and but I suppose like all of these, like those things that you have to encounter along along the way, like you know the endless forms I imagine there are, and all the sort of the obstacles and stuff like that. Like they're they're kind of like incidental, and like the the main. Uh, guiding light or you know the true north of it all is kind of like you're, you're just headed towards that like you you know mm. all the other stuff you just you know maybe one day it'll be this maybe like thursday it'll be this thing but mm. if you think of it all in one chunk it's like yeah that's a lot of work to do but i guess it happens through the space of quite mm. a long time so it's yeah. not all just like right for the next six months you've got nothing but paperwork <laughs> to do <laughs> and then you can maybe consider speaking to a young person yeah. about music it's yeah. like it's not really that and like you'll have these little glimmers of hope and positive reactions along the way which obviously keep you going it's mm. like the sort of carrot dangling in front yeah. of your face kind of thing yeah there's yeah you need you need that and i think that's why you know i love our team so much because you know it's always positive and it's always like we can do it we'll make it work you know whatever whatever that challenge is yeah there's always an optimism around how we move forward, which is which is brilliant. It's yeah, priceless, yeah. I think. So that's that's really important. But like you said, it's I, I I always continue to work with young people, and that also really kind of grounds um, what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it for me. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the you know I think I had this naive thought when I was trying to leave school. It was like. I'll just, you know, I'll set this thing up and I'll just like, you know, I'll, I'll work with young people the way I want to work with young people. 
and in a way that is how has happened but to do that you have to kind of build the whole thing yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i i am i am stuck in the office doing a lot of stuff like that but even that even like funding application like if i if we get this if we get this money then that's yeah. amazing for for everyone involved isn't it yeah yeah yeah. and then like yeah that that bit of paperwork you have to do or if, yeah paperwork that, that little that sort of session of email back and forth this could get to the next step and that mm. next step could be huge and it yeah. could allow you to do more like more of your vision sort of thing and, yeah no, it's just a sort of byproduct of doing awesome stuff, I suppose. There's always going to be a balance of, you know... I mean, I guess not all of it is negative either. I mean, you know, you could have a really awesome email exchange with somebody. And yeah. you, could, you could actually just have a great day of bureaucratic mm. paperwork things. Oh, yeah. It could be, it could love be it. good. I love an email. Yeah. yeah, especially when it's an opportunity or yeah. if it's good news or, you know, it, yeah. yeah. All of it's good. And, and I, I guess one of the things that, I really strive for is good relationships with with people and mm. I think um that's why we we sort of been able to you know be in a position working so closely with Heartstone Academy and all the other you know all the other people who kind of refer young people to us I think yeah it, it's it's essential that that relationship is strong and good and we're really clear about what we're setting out to do and yeah, yeah. you know and the, the Heartstown Academy is it the Heartstown Exchange? Is that correct? It was, yeah. The project we did last year was called the Heartstown Exchange. Is that ongoing, or is that like a no? One of, okay. Not ninety-four. So um, we're ch- we're changing a little bit how we work with young people in the sense that I think, as I mentioned earlier, about rather than working with groups that schools kind of put together for us. Mm we're moving much, pretty much exclusively over to the, the referral route. Okay. And, we, and we think that that's going to enable us to target the young people better uh, and in terms of really reaching and, and working with the young people who would most benefit from our, our services. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and funding. funding. The funding for those particular school projects just stopped as uh, well. Right. So it was a kind of dual thinking it was like okay if the funding comes through then yeah we probably would do it again but um i think yeah I, for me it makes more sense as a community organization that i think that democratizes it a little bit more yeah process. yeah yeah so it feels a bit more kind of organic it, it also, yeah also also enables us sorry to button but it also uh-huh. enables us to to really consider the needs of each individual so mm-hmm. when on our referral form we, we we are informed about certain things in their in their lives or certain challenges they faced, and then we meet the young person and we have we, we discuss with them their interests, what they want to do, what they might want to get out of it. Do they want to do it at all? Mm. You know? Yeah, well, I guess yeah, it's up to them if they yeah, want to get involved. Isn't exactly, it? we're not going to drag people kicking to the program, and and then from that process we can learn more about what what might work with the young people and what we're developing today actually earlier today is a personalized learning plan Ah. where it kind of it kind of allows us to structure a bit more you know the year-long project that we do with them we structure it we structure that in three stages that are are that the model that i've created over the over the last year partly through my ma as well and there's three stages of engagement and progression so this is participation agency and action yeah hey yeah did my homework well done <laughs> yeah <laughs> and actually i've 
we've we're working on this plan and we're rewording it a bit because well I don't that I, I don't think that language is necessarily ex- accessible for young people so okay We've, we've sort of, for this learning plan, changed it to taking part, being a leader, and then me and my community. Oh, okay, nice. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because, yeah, that's, um, that, that's a really cool idea because I was sort of looking at it and I was thinking, like, yeah, no, I, I mean, I know what those words mean, but then now you say it, it's like if you present that to, you know, like a young teenager, like mm. those words can be pretty ambiguous. And yeah. Like, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to sort of belittle it or anything, but I guess like from you saying that, that actually, yeah, that makes me mm. think like maybe that's they're, they're words that obviously y- you understand what they mean, but like it could be, it yeah. might not get to the heart of what it is for, for a younger person. It, it, yeah, it really does. And I think it was, a, you know, for a kind of, from a point of academia and like the research that I was doing, those words felt really right for me yeah, yeah as yeah. someone who was doing the research but uh, you know i'm fully aware that um language can be a real barrier for, for for people and i'm really i'm not an advocate for misuse of language because if it if it alienates people then there's no you know what what would you what would you consider as like language that alienates like what are there any well, specific yeah. terms here that you try and avoid um for instance, I think earlier on, and this would probably have been edited out, but uh, like yeah. so I, I was sort of, I was wondering, like, do I refer to the young people as students or pupils? Yeah. So, like, you, you were not as keen on those mm. on that terminology. Yeah, I think, well, f- f- specifically about that, the word student for me kind of implies the context of a school. It also implies that a student is the individual who is learning from someone else with uh, greater knowledge and power, right, I guess. Right. Yeah, so there's like sort of connotations and semantics involved, yeah. right? And it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, subconscious levels maybe, for, but but that's it still impacts. And I think mm. um, certainly something that we're big on here is about equality, essentially. It's a, and, and there's a French uh, philosopher who talks about the intelligence of equality, Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, the equality of intelligence, and it's about starting at level footing, kind of right, thing. Right, right. And do you mean it in terms of the tutor and the yeah, and the, the yeah. person? Yeah, yeah. The younger person, which is also where the word um, where the word exchange is comes from. Really, the, the exchange yeah. is about like a mutual a mutual exchange of knowledge, skills, ideas, culture, and it's really that the exchange is really the kind of like. Yeah, it's that it's that it's that kind of meeting place where these things are it's, shared. It's, I was thinking that exact same thing, the sort of meeting place, and it impl- implies like a safe, a safety too. So like you're under the umbrella of exchange. So whatever is shared there mm. is kind of all good. Like yeah, it's, it's everything's on a kind of you know even level. Yeah, and what, and what it does is it, it acknowledges in a in a world where the young people who come to us are, are sort of ultimately because of the social structures that influence their lives they are placed wrongly below or they do not have the same uh, advantages or benefits to other people in mm. that somehow you know it's, it comes down to class again as well really yeah but um what this that what the exchange idea does is it acknowledges everyone as equal who have different experiences um and different things to bring 
different values to bring to what we do here. Mm. And ultimately yeah. without that kind of acknowledgement of, um, of that, of that kind of equality, uh, we don't think that really, you know, that real learning or, or progression actually happens because it has to be, you know, collaborative in, in, in that sense. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. And like, I mean, I, I had some firsthand experience with that with, um, I was saying earlier about working with uh, Valentin and mm. David. More more Valentin. I think David emerged through the later sessions. Um, but yeah, I was working with Tom Vec, who's a frequent collaborator mm. of yours here. Yeah, so like we, we were working with him on getting this track together. So that like Tom Tom had like the, the basic rhythm track, and then we were sort of all chiming in with elements of like what what we could do with it and stuff like that. And there were certain things that like Valentin was he'd written lyrics to it and then there were certain phrases that he threw in which were what he might call gypsy mm. like romanian mm. sort of slang and all this kind of stuff and it's like, I, I had no idea about that stuff and like, we we sort of show him some examples of like hip-hop that maybe he wasn't familiar with and then he he'd tell us about all these sort of words that he might use to explain something and then you know show us all these rappers who like i've had no no clue about before and it's like oh wow this is like it's a whole world of this stuff out there and mm. he's listened to this stuff all the time i'm oblivious as hell to it i felt immediately very old but then mm. like it was yeah it was really interesting yeah i, I probably wouldn't have met this kid mm. like otherwise but yeah in, in meeting him it's like i really got to sort of know him and then you know this is somebody who's got so many points of reference and influence as well like mm. yeah it's really it's really yeah, really nice think, to see i think just mentioning tom there i remember meeting tom early on and he saw what i did with those guys a, a while back the first project i did and that was up in turner contemporary and he was really mm. interested in that all the cultural references that, that in the music and i think that that's the potential isn't it i think that's the potential yeah. through you know, creative processes is, is to kind of that cross pollination yeah, of um, culture and ideas. And, and it's all here. There's rich cultural history and yeah, yeah. Uh, where we are. And I guess we do try to encourage part of the sort of three stages as well, uh, encouraging narrative uh, about or exploring their own culture and identity. Mm. And sometimes that can just happen naturally. Uh, or sometimes it can be explicit as well. Um, it yeah. really, it really comes through in their music. Though. I mean, like I was, I was like, I was listening to the album that they got up on Bandcamp and mm. yeah, iTunes, and like they got the sort of video work to accompany it as well. But like, there's the the lyrics are like really introspective. A lot of them, like they they've really gone deep into their mm. own psyches, and it's like it was. I was sort of stunned a bit because it's like mm. a lot of it's. I mean, I wasn't sure if I was going to be hearing, you know, like maybe if somebody listens to a lot of Eminem or something mm. like that, and like they might end up writing mm. lyrics very similar. But actually, they have a really quite a unique style, and then they the lyrics are so personal. So yeah, it, was, it, it sort of it was really startling in a very positive way to hear how how personal these tracks go, and like how they're sort of channeling their experiences and observations and things like that, and it sort of gives them a real place in in the whole musical tapestry it's like that's mm. their story and mm. you know it, i think and you know, especially like hip-hop really gives a place for that as well because yeah. that's where it's it it sort of it comes from that really yeah. doesn't it so absolutely no it's really it's really cool to hear it 
The album's awesome. <laughs> I really like it. Oh, yeah. Really, so really proud of how that came together. And it, yeah, just again, I think that's a real product. <laughs> again, not, not a word I'm keen on, but, mm. um, but it's, it is a product of the process. It's a product of the process in, this, in, this, in the sense that, yeah, well, just you saying that, I think, is evidence that, you know, in a sense, we, we all did what we set out to do. Mm. And they are honest. They're honest and expressive songs, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. No, big ups. Um, yeah, we're talking about some of the sort of, you know, like rough backgrounds some of the, the young people involved have. Like what, does it come through when they're here, when they're involved in a session? Like, do, is this something that you perhaps need training to occasionally, you know, manoeuvre through or... Mm. I mean, because again, this is a, a field that I don't, I know nothing about mm. really. So, like, how how does how do you negotiate with you know, like if if you're faced with a, a, a situation where you know I was saying about that stress, like if that mm. stress comes through aimed, aimed at another session member, then mm. like, do you have procedures involved or like what? How how do you kind of talk through that? Mm. How do you get through that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I actually, was asked something along these lines recently. And they said, are we kind of counselling um, sort of service uh, as well? And my answer was really, it was no, and we're not setting out to explicitly address the issues that these young people might face in the sense that we're not going to go out of our way to, to ask, you know, what's going on in your life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but what I think um, that training and experience does give you is is the possible insight into differences in behaviour or attitude that young people might bring to sessions, mm. and it's the sensitivity of a of a good practitioner to to recognise where time is needed or talking might be needed yeah. or it, just going for it and expressing it through your writing. Um, is necessary as well, but the judgment has to to be made in the best interests, obviously, of that of that young person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is we are, we do training at, at the beginning of each year and induction, um, and obviously that's a starting point. But it's really about experience. Um, yeah. And then we obviously have a process for if anything does sort of come up in conversation then that has to be reported and yeah i mean i guess i'm yeah more getting at that it's like i'm, I'm not i don't want to sound like i'm sort of a, i'm implying that things are going to kick off it's not that i'm saying like i mean perhaps like are there stages where you perhaps you might have an instinct to you might want to intervene perhaps or like mm. if, if you feel like somebody's really having a tough time mm. outside of the session mm. i mean as you know we all have we all have those human instincts where you want to help mm. people to yeah, what in, degree can you kind of... Yeah, in that case, there is procedure, you know. Yeah. It's, and of course, if there's anything we think that uh, is impacting on the lives of the young people um, in terms of their safety or well-being, mm. then, yeah, we have, a, we have a process where, you know, we're either in contact with their parents or the, the referral partners. And in, if, if the case arises, then it's maybe social services or the police... And that's, you know, we've formed those relationships with them. So mm -hmm. uh, for those scenarios, we haven't yeah, had yeah. to um, as much yet. We're in dialogue with those services, but yeah. Yeah, I was just sort of interested because it's, I mean, I remember what it was like in school if 
things happened and you might get sent to the head teacher's office and then your parents get called. Yeah. But this is sort of a okay. very different yeah. well, I kind guess, of environment. I guess things that we have encountered are, you know, maybe engagement drops off a bit and just mm. the attitude sort of shifts and it's like, well, when we, you know, have the conversation about, you know, what what is it that you want to get out of the session? Are there things negatively impacting? Sometimes we've had cases where, you know, they're, they're having to work from whatever time in the morning and then yeah, come yeah. to us and you know or like we talked about earlier, the stresses the stresses in their in their life about just kind of um day-to-day stuff they all impact on on what's happening here yeah um, that's definitely and we just have to be sensitive to that yeah mm-hmm. i mean i remember working with valentin on a session and it's like i think we were waiting for him to come and it was like we had a phone number for him and his phone was switched off or something and then he turned up late and then he had a, a really, you know, like a, it's crazy reason why. And it was like, Oh damn, like if we'd have known, we wouldn't have like, you mm. know, he had a lot going on and yeah. it's like, it's, you know, you, you know, I was saying about having that instinct. It's kind of like, you, you want to sort of say that, well, you know, I, I could have, I could have met you somewhere. And it's like, well, yeah, mm. but then I don't know. I mean, you, you sort of have to let that stuff happen. I suppose you can't really get, you can't install yourself too much in their own. Yeah. I guess there's, setups. there's a point you're not, um, I guess you want to improve the quality of their life. That's that's why we're here. You can't kind of just make everything better. That's yeah. you know, and that's you know, through teaching as well. You you understand. You can't just make everyone's life okay and better. You know, it, it, it's a complex thing. And we're talking about different layers of yeah, com- you know, complex reasons why they might be facing some of those challenges. Yeah, yeah. Bigger societal issues down to kind of family breakdown or, or whatever it is. It's, yeah. yeah. We, we, I guess you kind of have to really know what it is you're focusing on and, and do that because that if you can't take on all the issues of the of the world, as it were. No, no. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I guess, you know, you, you, you have to, to a degree, pick your battles and sort of, you know, focus on the true intent, which is getting that, getting those creative yeah. projects up and running, and enabling the young people to like get those ideas out. And yeah, all right, we're gonna begin the wrapping up process, Oliver Briggs. So I'm curious to know, in a place where it feels like you've got everything set up and it's all upstairs, you've got this massive, really nice color environment and creative space and down here where you're at the moment you've got this like amazing studio have you got plans to build it out or like expand on like how what does an expansion for something like this look Mm. like i guess i guess my first sort of response to that is that at this point in being such a young organization it's really hard to think that far in the future yeah um because and this is comes back to kind of funding constraints as well really it's a it's about it's a bit hand to mouth mm. in that sense and we're we're looking at sort of the year ahead uh and the year after that so we're kind of planning two years uh organizations our size very rarely get it happens but very rarely get kind of um long-term funding like a because, block of like five years worth sort yeah of thing, you need right? to prove yeah. that you can do what you say you, yeah, you can yeah, do yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the first thing really. Is it's hard to it's hard to see that far in the future. Mm. Um, but I guess one answer is that we are really only just scratching the surface. 
Um, I keep forgetting you've only been here for like in the fullness of time. It's like, you know, a year isn't, mm. isn't a ton of time. It just sort of, I feel like you've sort of always been around. It's, yeah. Cause it feels really well established now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking you that. So what's your plans for the future? It's like, well, give us a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's, it, it's a good question because it is, yeah, it's hard to know, but certainly, like I said, we were really only just, you know, we, we, we worked with 65 young people last year, which was, mm. you know, when, when we totted it up, I thought, wow, that's, that's a lot, you know, that's, mm. that's really good for a year. And, you know, about 40 of them worked for us for the whole year. So some of them just did the odd workshop or whatever, but yeah. um, there's a hell of a lot more young people. Um, and there's a, so much more we can do in terms of developing the program. Um, we're, we're looking to do some excursion stuff this year. So we, you mm. know, whether it's going into London um, to see an event or to yeah, visit yeah. and work with another organization. Um, but certainly broadening the experiences that young people who come to us have with us. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I had a more comprehensive answer, but um, no, I mean, it's if, a very, you know, sort it's, of, it could, at the it moment it's like, that's, that's make, that's make sure we can, you know, pay rent. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, keep getting young people in. Yeah. Um, that bit has happened really naturally and we haven't struggled with that yet. Right. Um, either people, you know, email us and say, we've got this young person or a young person comes and that hasn't been a problem. Engaging young people mm. um, hasn't been a problem yet. Yeah. No, no, it's cool. It, it's a, it's a big thing to throw at you. I guess it's like, I don't necessarily need to know like where it's going to go. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing right now. I don't want to get, stuck in the future i mean it's nice mm. to like in the present at this moment it's it's an incredible thing to happen and i'm not you know, i don't want to get away from that it's just sort of i guess in my mind yeah i mean if you had the appropriate funding you could have like 10 of these places mm. or like a university or something mm. so it'd be cool to it's, yeah i it, guess I mean, it's sort of lofty dreaming but it's i guess like, it, it kind of maybe a, a sort of idealistic answer would be to say that there wouldn't be a need for us as well I guess. yeah right right um that maybe our institutions start working better and provide this kind of learning somehow. Um, yeah. Or, or there wouldn't be, yeah, there wouldn't be as great a need for, for this. Do you think um, they like, is there a way they can learn from what you're doing? And do you think that's happening? Do you think current establishments are sort of thinking, Oh, AEE are doing some, <laughs> why aren't we doing that? Um, well, certainly something we are interested in and in talking to other local organizations about is, provide sort of developing a network or providing resources and expertise with institutions so for schools for example you know we we've started to do some uh training for for teachers and is that the cdp cpd cpd professional so continued professional development cpd so i guess i mean i i think what i'm what i'm getting at here is that there could be a scenario where organizations are working with institutions in a way that is just, you know, ultimately really exciting and beneficial for, for young people. Yeah. That if young people who in, in Thanet, um, go to school in Thanet, they also have this opportunity to work with other organizations. Maybe the organizations are going into school. Maybe they're Mm. coming out of school to come to the organizations and certainly in a place that is, you know, experienced the kind of, regeneration in invert commas um 
which has really been centered around the arts predominantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there is this kind of, there's this arts culture happening. Yeah. But f- for me, it's like, how do we, how is that relevant to everyone who lives in Margate? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people who, who think, well, what, that's not for me. It's not useful, but I think there's a potential with it to do something together. A couple more little bits and pieces. So like one, one other thing I was curious to know is like, you're a, you're a father, Oli. Mm. What do you feel like, do you feel like you've taken anything from your experience in AEE into your experience being a father? Like what, what lessons do you think you can take away from it to sort of apply to your own family? If, if any. Yeah. Interesting. Like in, you know, in working with younger people, like, I mean, Mm. I, I know, I mean, your, your, your kid isn't the same age as, mm. as the, the young people here, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe not a direct answer, but I guess certainly thinking a bit about, like you say, because she is so young, but in thinking about as she grows up and what kind of life do I want her to, to experience? Yeah. Um, what kind of people do I want her to, to meet? And so then I guess, I guess that kind of comes back to it kind of comes back to thinking a bit about how our kind of community is made. And in some senses, I think it appears to be separated in some senses. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess what I'm saying is that I want her to have the openness that I think I have. Yeah. And the, the, the range of cultural experiences that I think um, what makes a, a sort of tolerant, I don't know about that word tolerant actually, but yeah, open, warm person to, to difference to someone who, uh, who understands and, and that people are different, but, yeah, we, but yeah, we, yeah. All, we all share something very valuable as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's, yeah. that's a really, that's a tough one. No, no, I, I mean, it's a, yeah, again, it's a sort of, it's a tough one to throw at you right at the end, but no, <laughs> I, was, I was just curious to see if there's like, you know, you've, you've had this experience in this place with other, other people yeah. and um, so many new young faces. I'm just sort of wondering if there was like, I mean, maybe there isn't yet. Maybe it's something that will sort of fall mm. into place later on, but. Um, well, maybe about, maybe there's certainly an element of how, kind of allowing Ren to play and be independent, build her own resilience and things like that. I've been really conscious of. Yeah. And I think that probably does come from my experience in education. Yeah. In understanding how we learn and that by protecting too much, you don't necessarily learn. So yeah, yeah. Right, so right, there might be something there. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so we are at this point of recording. We're around the three quarter mark of the way through 2019. What can we look out for the rest of the year for 2020? Are there releases coming up? Is there mm. like exhibitions, projects that we can we can poke our head in? Yeah, on? definitely. Um, yeah, exciting year ahead. Uh, we've just been talking about today, actually, in our team meeting. Um, it looks like we'll be involved with power this year, which is great. We, we basically, uh, one of our objectives was that's, that's make sure we're more involved in the, the local festivals. We just didn't have the capacity this year really, but yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, if you think about the project, the music project we just did, which was a, around, it was it lasted for six months, but the actual activity was wasn't that long. Mm. So if you if you think we're expanding that now to a whole academic year, what is going to be possible in terms of releases, performances, and new material um, yeah. over a year is, is really exciting, and oh. with with five new groups. Um, God, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. yeah, so really exciting in that sense, and we've and we've got various other small projects working with, continue to work with Arc, which is part of Heartstown Academy mm-hmm. and Heartstown Academy. So yeah, it's really building on what we did last year. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, going to be an exciting year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, so interesting. It's going to be yeah, like so much to check in on. Um, uh, speaking of checking in on. Best places to follow what's going on? Instagram, Facebook, yeah, where, where would mean, you suggest? It, it feels like Instagram is, yeah, the, the place where most people engage mm-hmm. with what we're doing. Um, so that's the first port of, call, port of call. But learning more about what we do, website, we're, we're, we're sort of constantly trying to update it and keep it relevant. And things are changing quick, quickly. And I think that's mm. that's um, uh, quite natural for a, a new organization that yeah. we're really responsive to what's happening around us and adapting to that. Yeah. Um, and our biggest, biggest mission is really about really about being a youth led, um, organization or community led organization in, in the yeah. sense that what we do is done in collaboration with the people we work with or the community that we're, we're hoping to improve. Mm. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Ollie Briggs of Arts Education Exchange. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you got any, uh, parting words? <laughs> that was a big jump. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really, oh, really, my, really my interesting, um, to have a chat with you and, and good luck with everything. Thanks, man. Mm. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> See ya. That was good, wasn't it? I hope you like that. Lots to be inspired by, lots to think about. Um, certainly cleared up a lot for me too, because I was definitely curious to know about like the current education system. I mean, I don't know a ton about it, so um, it was cool to hear about that and how they differ from it, and you know how they offer a, an alternative to that system that that is, is so ingrained now and. Uh, really working with the strengths of people who might not necessarily thrive in in that system yeah I, i'm a, i'm a huge fan and definite advocate of that so big ups to uh ollie sarah and kim for doing such an awesome job there were a few points that i was going to get to but i'm still working at sort of chiseling down these chats and distilling them a bit because um I, I really like the free-flowingness of it, but sometimes I do miss things out because I'm. Uh, they can kind of uh, run a little bit longer than perhaps I had intended, and I'm I, I'm eternally grateful to the guests because it's a they're very patient with me, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's very kind of them to offer their time, and um, yeah, I, as I keep saying, I'm I'm still learning. Like one one of the points was like they've been. Uh, working with funding a lot and I think Ollie, Ollie sort of explained how how some of that happened and um, it, initially it was like a crowdfunded project uh, which they sailed through 
which yeah, it's awesome to see. And uh, so yeah, after that, I mean, it was like I think it was just before I got to Margate, and uh, they they were having like a, a fundraising sort of party uh, celebration at the Tom Tom Theatre, which was back in July 2018. And yeah, that was I think that was like the, that was the first time I'd actually been to tom tom theater so yeah how how did i get in touch with them so tom vec who you might know from various margate enterprises and just being a general awesome margate fella and um yeah him him and his beautiful family live down here um we we used to make music back in like i think it was about 1998 uh we we both lived in surrey greater surrey area and um we we met i think we met in a pub in kingston up on thames in surrey and it was called the mill and uh somebody said to me oh yeah have you met tom he makes music and uh, that was you know back in those days that's kind of all it took so i was like hello tom i uh, hear you make music and then we got talking and then that that led to like a few sessions where i'd take around my turntables to his he'd he'd make some really really noisy powerful electro kind of it's like really fuzzy electro-y music. It was fantastic. Like it was really just banging stuff. And then I'd scratch over it and we'd sort of come up with a few ideas together. And we do, did a couple of shows, actually. It was pretty mad. Like we, um, I'd, I'd take the turntable and the mixer, do some scratching over his tracks, which he would sort of sequence live. And he had this massive mixing desk thing in front of him and uh, aviator shades, uh, looking like a boss. And... Um, yeah, so anyway, cut to 20 years later. So yeah, we, we got in touch when I came to Margate. He invited me to DJ at the uh, Arts Education Exchange party, which was also um, my uh, other old friend, Matt uh, Matt Tompkins from Palm Bay Skates. Uh, he was also uh, part of the DJing lineup, so we got a chance to reconnect as well. And um, yeah, so that was like my first time meeting Ollie. And uh, from then on, it's, it's, it's been really nice because I've had a chance to, again, like facilitated through Tom Veck, um, a chance to sort of sit in on a few sessions with, I mentioned it in the chat with this guy, Valentin, who's part of Young Brothers, uh, which is him and I think it was this guy, David. And um, yeah, so we... we we sort of worked on a few sessions with them like uh valentine would do the raps and um i think yeah tom had figured out a beat for it and then i sort of offered a i sort of chipped in a bit here and there <laughs> because like, a lot of the work had been done but it was yeah like I, I sort of came in uh fairly near the end of it all but it was cool because it was like a real first-hand experience of what what they do there and how a session works and this was in the old studio in the viking gallery so yeah that's how that's how i know ollie really and that's how I have an idea of what they do. And um, I, I mean, I feel like I would have known about it anyway because they're, they're quite a presence here. They have a lot of support here as well. I mean, you see on, on some of the older Instagram posts, uh, they have a lot of a, a lot of photos of people from around here holding up amounts that they've donated to them. So, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of backing from around here. So it's a very Margate organisation, uh, very proudly Margate, you know, and very proudly Kent-based. And it's really heartening to know that it's happening just down the road and it's really nice also to know a bit about some of these younger people who I doubt if I'd have come into contact with them otherwise but in that way in coming into contact with them I now know you know quite a lot of their you know musical interests their skill level and 
they've got a lot of heart and passion and uh, like real skill. And you know, I was saying in the chat as well, like some of the artists they put me on to, some of them are amazing. I've never heard of them before, and it's like these sort of you know these like Margate rappers or uh, I think maybe Romanian rappers. Some of them, yeah, really sick, like really interesting. Like one of them is just this. You know, it's like a six-minute freestyle in a car. It's, God damn, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, big ups to Valentin and the rest of the crew. Let me tell you about the contact information. I'm sure you heard it from Ollie anyway, but let me get my notebook. Uh, the mixtape, which is the album, it's like a, well, album, it's like an EP. It's like a, a professionally finished uh, EP album. Uh, by some of the crew there including Valentin and um, yeah there's, there's like re- it's sort of like rap based but you know there's a lot more going on like influence wise it's um, very very interesting very mixed palette they've got going on which is it's really encouraging like they're, they're getting influences from a lot of places which is lovely uh, very introspective lyrics some of them um, you know very honest very truthful really good to hear so that is available on Bandcamp so you will get there by heading to artsedx.bandcamp.com uh, A-R-T-S-E-D-E-X dot bandcamp.com hit that up it's five tracks five pounds obviously all the money goes to further AEE causes and I'm sure the crew will get a little uh, something something off that too so go ahead with that also twitter you can hit them up on at arts ed x which is a-r-t-s-e-d-e-x uh do that go to the website have a look out for them online and uh in the street even you know like they're they're uh, they're right next to clay space you know clay space i spoke to clay space not long ago they are bridget and ian um they're on north down road uh, opposite KG Winters and um, next to the Golden Curry. Yeah, so I think that pretty much covers it. it, it this, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but this may even be the shortest intro and outro I've ever done. I mean, you haven't heard what I've cut out of it and what I haven't included, but I mean, this is uh, not not bad going. Um, getting better, getting better. I really appreciate your listening. Uh, I appreciate the shouts, the props, all the retweets likes all that goodness obviously as i will always say you can go ahead and pass those likes and thanks to the guests because this would be zero without them of course i will see you next week where the special guest will be revealed to you on the day of publishing so next friday you will then know who's going to be the next guest I hope that's cool. It gives me a chance to sort of uh, bend a few calendars and uh, see what's what in the coming week. You know it's going to be a good one though. Come on now. So yeah, I look forward to seeing you then. Give me a shout. I am around on the usual places, which are Twitter, which is at buddy underscore peace. That little underscore will be your gateway to a successful follow. Um, Same with uh, Instagram, buddy underscore peace. I am also on Bandcamp, which is buddypeace.bandcamp.com. Quite a few free things on there, a couple of paid-for bits. Uh, I might recommend Donkey Kong Variations, which is my take on Mule Variations by Tom Waits, where I remade the whole album in 8-bit. 
uh, like chip tune instruments uh, or there's an album called Sons of Bitches which excuse the language but it's it's based on Bitches Brew and On the Corner by Miles Davis where I took them apart and rebuilt them from the ground up I'm also around on Patreon too if you feel like heading by um, I regularly put up mixes on there and um, you can get like handmade uh, narrated mix uh, like CDs and stuff like that if that floats your boat um, yeah otherwise I am indeed around in Margate you can catch up with me there um, whereabouts exactly that is for you to discover um, alright people buddies uh, thanks again I will speak to you soon I wish you the very best for the forthcoming week weekend whatever you got going on treat each other well and yourself did I just Jerry Springer it did I just say be good to yourself and each other I think I did but why not why not invoke Jerry Springer that's a positive message you can ignore basically everything in the Jerry Springer episode leading up to that message and that will serve you well I will catch you soon until then big love peace Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.